Welcome to the Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. You better be careful who you hang out with. It turns out you can catch kindness. Filmmaker David Gaz joins us to talk about some of the lessons he learned while creating the good virus documentary, Kindness is Contagious. David, let's talk right away about this documentary, Good Virus. How did you come up with the idea? Well, that's a good question. It was right after the that um, housing crisis and the recession of 2008. And I felt that people were just were just needed to be nicer to each other. And I'd been reading this I read this article, I love science magazines, and I was reading an article in Scientific American featuring James Fowler and Nicholas Christakis. Uh, and they were talking in this article, it talked about the, how they had scientifically proven that kindness is contagious. That if you do something nice for somebody, they will do something nice for somebody else and so on and so on. And I thought, that is what the world needs right now. And so it was, I, I think that's the moment where the whole idea for the documentary, documentary germinated. And that was back in 2009, 2010? Right around there. Yeah, it was probably 2009 because the crisis that I remember was 2008. I don't remember if it was early in the year or late in the year, um, but it was right around that period. Now, you kick an idea around in your head a little bit. It's not like, oh, I get it. We make a documentary. Um, so it was probably a good year after that. Um, and then if you're interested, I've got a funny little story about that as well. Always. Do tell. Okay. A friend of mine who is a musician was asking me to work with him on a film project. Nothing, nothing huge, just kind of a personal collaboration between two creative people. And I came up with an idea that I thought would be really fun to do, which involved him creating his music. And we'd go, to, go around to all these kind of strange landmarks and film him performing in all these strange places and kind of edit it together in a visual style that would look cool. And I sent him an email with the idea and I didn't hear anything from him for a couple days. So... I started to take that as he didn't like my idea. And so I, I thought, okay, I'm going to do better. And so I started thinking, and this was, this was well after I had the idea of doing the documentary, but then I started thinking it through and I thought, well, why don't we do it as a short for with him as this creative collaboration? So I put the whole thing together for the first time in this kind of concrete pitch, so to speak, and I sent it to him. And then a couple days later, he got back to me and he apologized. He had been out of town and he loves the first idea. And so at that point, I had been I was so stuck with the documentary with with Kindness is Contagious. At the time, it was called The Good Virus. And I told him, sorry, we can't do the first idea anymore. We're only going to do the second one. <laughs> you said too late. We're, we're doing what I want to do. So then how did you? How did you set it up and find your information and execute it then? Well, then it started out as a short, and it was based around the, that theme that goes through the whole film, which is asking people the question, what is the nicest thing that you have done for somebody else? And 
that that was kind of it was kind of going to be a pitch with him going around and interviewing all these people. But as I mentioned, he kind of dropped out of that idea. He was less enthusiastic, and I thought this is pure genius. This is what we have to do. So I per, I started to pursue it as a short at that moment. And it started putting together a small team for that. And then a per, then one of his friends, Shanae Johnson, um, came was interested in working with us on it. And she came on board as a producer. And she's a, she was a very, she's passed away. And I um, that was one of our big sad moments of the film. Um, but she was very energetic, very gung-ho, and very enthusiastic about the idea. And then she brought on a whole bunch of people to help with the production of the film. And it, it became, it went from being a short to being a feature film. And something that I thought was going to be just a tiny little project to something that was much bigger. And a whole lot more work. At, at some point, I was like, oh, God, this is going to be really, really hard. <laughs> what have I gotten myself into, right? And all in the name of kindness. What surprised you most about the answers that people gave? Um, I, I, don't, I think what surprised me the most was how hard it was to come up with the answer. That you would think that something kind would be really easy and it would be something that said, oh, yeah, um, and so number one was it was a surprisingly difficult question. And then the second thing, I think, was um, that people had a hard time choosing, which was very nice, that they'd say, oh, my gosh, I've got so many of them. So I liked that as well. It was kind of very hard for people to come up with it. But ultimately, the, the real difficulty was how do I choose between all these nice things that people have done for me? Mm-hmm. The themes of the documentary, um, aside from that question, though, come up as far as, you know, sympathy and nice guys and catching kindness and those sorts of things. Can you talk through some of those themes for us that evolved and how they evolved? Okay, the one thing that I'm picking up from you that I'd really like to touch on is nice guys. Um, The reason that we focused on nice and being nice instead of kindness, and we got a lot of flack for for that, by the way, um, was people, uh, the flack was people felt that being nice was kind of vacuous and superficial and fake, whereas kindness is profound and deep. And one of the reasons why we really pushed nice, and the the tagline to the film is... um, is a, a film all about being nice and the benefits of being nice. And that, that word was very carefully chosen because kindness is hard. Saying, hey, I'm going to truly be kind. I think most people are kind. I think they have a deep down inside them. But to say, hey, I'm going to perform a kind act, a truly kind act is hard. Nice is easy. And so I wanted to focus on something that everybody could do, that it's not something they feel like they have to go empty their bank account to do or they have to give up like, you know, a month of their time to do. I thought I, the whole idea was that a million tiny acts of kindness could have more of an impact than a few great big ones. So we wanted to kind of put an environment to make it easy for people to, to be kind and to be nice to each other. And how did you do that? Walk through what that looked like then. Well, it was it was kind of strat- strategic. 
Um, my background is in advertising um, and marketing. And so I wanted to create a film that would achieve, I wanted to first of all use the skills that I have in the world to make some sort of impact or difference in the world. And those are just the, the skills, marketing and advertising are kind of skills that I've acquired over the years just through my quote, day job. And I wanted to use those skills to create impact and change. And so I, I went through the tool set and I thought, we need to craft this film to make people do things. Um, so I call it a do-you-mentary, not a documentary. Mm -hmm. um, and so every, if you notice the way the film's set up, that it's all set up around benefits. And in advertising and marketing, the, the number one mantra is sell people benefits, not features. And so what I wanted to do is focus on the benefits of being nice. Um, you know, I'm, I don't have any illusions. I don't think people ever just are nice for the sake of being nice. You know, I'd love to say that. I don't, I, you know, and even myself, I consider myself a nice person. But honestly, I think everything that people do in the world has some sort of motivation behind it. Um, and so what I wanted to do is find that motivation to achieve these positive results. And I've, and in doing that, I focused the film on like, how is this going to make your life better? Um, and if you'll notice throughout the film, there's little animations that talk about, um, you know, how it applies to you. Like for instance, people who are kind live longer, um, they get better jobs, they make more money, they have more friends, they be have better families. I, and so I really wanted, without being preachy, to drive that home, to say that, hey, this is not just about doing good for the world, which is important, but it also is going to massively help yourself and make your life better. When I first saw the film, I, I you know, I turned it on and I, I thought, well, I should probably watch this and <laughs> kind of like a homework assignment sort of thing. And then all of a sudden it was, you know, within two minutes, I think I was captivated. I just had to know what other benefits are there to being kind? What What is it about our science? What is it about about being nice or being kind that um, that changes our lives? And that was really... It, I thought it was a really neat mix um, of all of the different characters and attributes and things that you used within the film. One thing I thought that was really neat is this idea that we can catch kindness, that people who are around someone who is kind become kinder themselves. Yeah, well, that's obviously the fundamental principle of the whole film. Um, and to kind of touch on what you just said as well, um, you know, I think that it, it, what I learned, I shouldn't say I think, what I learned by doing the film that blew, just blew my mind is this is something that's hardwired inside of us. It's something that has to deal with how we evolved as a species, and it's tied into our success as a species. And I think that the, or what I've learned is that this, this, contagious, um, this contagious property of kindness is something that is kind of again hardwired so that it it go it travels from person to person to person. But the reason behind that that I learned from making this film, um, you know, it's no accident. The reason behind it is that that's what binds us together as a group, as a species. 
And when you dig, dig deeper into that concept, it's mind-blowing because look at everything that is great about mankind, everything that we have done in the world, building these fantastic buildings, going to the moon, um, the science, the knowledge that we've acquired, the art, the music, everything that we have done that makes us really stand out as a species uh, is the result of us working together. They're working as teams. Uh, cooperating is what the, what the people who study kindness um, call it. It's, they look at not necessarily being kind, but just cooperating with each other. And kindness is kind of what binds us together and enables us to do that because obviously if we're going to work with somebody, we want to work with somebody we like. And that, that just blew my mind because it's really at the root of all this fantastic stuff that we do and what separates us from other creatures on this planet. And it, it, it all stems from, you know, Sesame Street. When we're in kindergarten, we learn about cooperating. <laughs> Who knew that, you know, it, it has benefits all the way up through our entire lives. So have you found that they often say that people aren't interested in good news. They're only interested in, in bad news. And that's why, you know, news channels and things like that really emphasize bad news. Have you found that people are indeed interested in good news? Yes, I, I, that's something that I found is a very interesting phenomena, um, the fact that people are interested in bad news. And what I've kind of learned is that, I wouldn't say that's what they're interested in, it's kind of what stands out. I think everybody's very interested in being kind. I think if you look at, look at all the people around you, your friends, your family, your, your neighbors, just almost everybody you, you know, and I think that they would, that they all do put an emphasis on the importance of being kind. And I could look at all the people around me and my friends and even some of the people that I don't like much, but I think they all deep down inside feel that it's important to be kind and compassionate to other people. Um, but the reason that this bad news stands out from what I've learned, again, studying all of this, is it has more to do, not do we care about it, but it's our, our like, flight or fright mechanism. That, over, again, this is all biologically related. And so what, we, what caused us to survive as a species early on is if we see this lion or something and we go, oh, my God, we've got to, you know, we've got to run or hide from it we would survive longer. And the people that didn't have that mechanism obviously would get eaten by the lion. And so I think that's why bad news stands out. It's kind of the modern day lion where we notice it and we go, oh my God. But I wouldn't say that's our interest. It's just something that we do to try to protect ourselves. And I think that the kindness is much more profound that those, those bad news, we jump from bad news to bad news to bad news, but they're isolated, tiny little instances, whereas I think the kindness kind of seeps in. You know, it sounds like you've kind of always been concerned with the status quo. So were you a kind of uh, focus on the bad news, uh, fight or flight person before you started studying kindness? Or where did looking at the positive side of this come from? Well, I, as, uh, as a person myself, I think I've always been deep down pretty optimistic. 
Um, I tend to stay away from the bad news. I mean, I notice it. I watch it. I, you know, I'm probably as addicted as the next person to looking at the news. Oh, my God, what's the next political catastrophe that we're entering into? Which right now we've got a whole bunch of them. Um, but I, I have faith in deep. I've always had faith in mankind and kind of faith in myself and faith that if you work hard and you do the right thing, everything kind of turns out. So I've always been very optimistic, which I may, might have been my attraction to this type of subject matter as well. Mm-hmm. I'm just always curious as <laughs> with people if it if it was something that evolved or that's something that they always had. Tell me about your day job, David, and how you're leveling the playing field. I know that you um, worked for a lot of Fortune 500 companies, marketing tools for them. How do you integrate all of those principles of kindness into a business model now for nonprofits? Well, that's a very good question. Um, this this is how profound making this film had an impact on, on me. Um, throughout my career, I've been I've involved in different aspects of the advertising industry from, you know, being an art director, creative director, a photographer for quite a while. And then most recently, I was a partner in a firm that would build websites and market websites for massive, massive companies, like massive e-commerce websites, um, you know, for people like Harbor Freight Tools, for Sony, um, stuff like that. And after I kind of did the film as a side project while that was my day job, and we worked with all these nonprofits, all of these uh, small businesses that were making a difference in the world, and I said, hey, all these little tricks that we use to sell stuff for these big companies, I thought could be repurposed to help nonprofits, uh, you know, make... um, you know, increase their donations, increase their cost, their base, their donor base uh, for small businesses like green businesses. We could help them, um, you know, make more, you know, make more, increase their profits, increase their customers, kind of all these tricks that it's like a Robin Hood thing where all these tricks that we use for the big companies, I thought we could figure out a way to help these other, these other businesses making a difference thrive. I like how you said that, the Robin Hood thing. So somebody who's listening who's in business or in nonprofit, you know, what couple of of principles of kindness can you help them implement into their business model? Well, I'd say that the one that's been most successful for us, and I think one that is um, that kind of permeates everything, is that if if you telegraph kindness, um, you will attract those type of people to yourself. And those type of customers. Um, so you'll, I think you'll have a longer lifespan of your customer. The um, what we call the the lifetime value of a customer, right? If you practice the 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 business of kindness and you integrate kindness into to your business, the the people will stay with you much longer. Um, and it'll be a much more productive business. What I found was often business tends to be confrontational. Um, negotiation, people always look at it as a win-lose, kind of a zero-sum thing. And people get proud because, oh, we got so much in this negotiation and look how much they lost and they suffered. And I think in business that if you take negotiation from a kindness point of view, and Harvard Business School actually had a very good lecture about this. Um, 
And you take it from a kindness point of view, how are we going to no negotiate so we both win? So we win and our clients win. A, they're going to stick with you longer and they're going to be happier with the relationship. And B, I think you'll thrive because everybody's winning. You didn't just negotiate the best price. You negotiated something that was great for your client as well. Um, and then at risk to ramble on, the Harvard Business School, they had a very interesting podcast for their outgoing uh, students. And it was to prepare them for the most important negotiation of their life. Uh, which is their first job. And the thing that struck me in Harvard Business School incorporates quite a bit of kindness into their curriculum, by the way. But the thing that struck me is they said the number one most important factor of negotiation is that the person that you're negotiating with likes you, that you will always have a better outcome if they like you. And I think that's probably the most important place that kindness figures into your business model. Wow, that is fascinating. And it makes sense. It makes perfect sense. But it kind of is something that you don't think of in the forefront when you're thinking of a job or business. Thank you. David, before I let you go, do you have one favorite personal kindness story that you'd like to share with us? Oh, well, the one that, the one that stands out is everybody asks me, what is the nicest thing that anybody ever did for you? And that for me, I would say, I, again, I'm in the situation where, oh, my gosh, how do you choose uh, between the stories? Because so many people have done so many nice things for me. But one that stuck with me and I'd say almost guided my life is when I graduated from college, um, I had a job offer in San Francisco. And. I didn't have any money. I just graduated from college. I, you know, I used up my whole, all my student loans. I had no money to my name. Um, but I figured I'd drive up, take the job. I'd sleep in my car for a week. When I got my first paycheck, um, I'd get an apartment. And so I was in the process of doing that. And a friend of mine interviewed at the place I, I was working. And he said, David, I'm, wow, I can't believe you're working here. Um, where are you staying? You don't know anybody in, in San Francisco. And so I kind of whispered to him and I said, don't tell anybody, but I'm sleeping in my car. And from behind one of the cubicles popped the creative director of this agency, Eric Adegard, um, who also went on to be part of the founding team of Wired Magazine, by the way. So um, he's a pretty influential <laughs> person, but uh, popped up from behind the cubicle. And he said, he's French, he said, oh my God, this, we cannot have this, you will stay at my house. <laughs> and without knowing me, I mean, this was like a day into my job, he didn't know me at all. Without knowing me, he let me stay at his house. And then a day later, the next day he left for Paris on vacation. Gave me the keys to his house, gave me the run of the house for a month and left for Paris. Love it, love it. And that fostered, he's, my, he's one of my absolute best friends in the world. We are, we're still friends to this day. Um, he's had such an impact. I lived in Paris for seven years, um, moved there, worked there. Um, the jobs, I got a job right when I moved to Paris, thanks to my friend Eric. Um, he's been such a profound influence in my life. And I would attribute it all to that act of kindness. And beyond that, 
um, the way that he behaved with me definitely was contagious because after that, I, it's something that stuck with me and I be, try to behave the same way with other people. David, thank you so much for sharing that story. Thanks for talking with us today. I love kindness, especially with a French accent. It makes it especially fun. (laughs) Okay, Nicole. Bye-bye. Thank you. Again, the documentary is called Kindness is Contagious. You can get it on iTunes or watch a trailer at kindness-is-contagious.com. Thanks for listening to The Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to The Kindness Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or NPR One.